Hey y'all, Jake Bible here. Thank you for listening to the original podcast recording of Dead Mech that I released way back in 2009. I've had a lot of folks ask for these original recordings, so I thought I'd put them back out there for y'all to enjoy. The episodes will be released weekly for free, but if you don't want to wait, then head over to jakebible.substack.com and subscribe. Links are in the show notes. Paid subscribers receive access to all 26 episodes right now. And that's not all. Subscribers receive access to early release ebooks, getting them before they even go on sale in my online store or any of the retail sites, plus early access to new audiobooks, exclusive short stories, including the weekly Friday Night Drabble Party, live readings, and so much more. That's jakebible.substack.com. Subscribe now and get all the goods. Now, enjoy a little bit of the past. Thank you. You're listening to Jake Bible's Dead Mech, the world's first Drabble novel, written and performed by Jake Bible. This story is available only as a podcast novel and is not for the faint of heart. If you can't stand blood, gore, graphic violence, foul language, cannibalism, zombie hordes, or sexual situations, well then, you aren't invited to this party. For more details and info, go to jakebible.com. Feel free to leave your mark there. It's only fair. Episode 24 Chapter 12, Part 1 Master stared at Johnson's corpse, knowing what he had to do, but unsure if he cared anymore. The red emergency lights of the room turned the blood pooling below Johnson's chair black, and Masters watched the pool ripple as each new drop fell. He rubbed his face, then placed the barrel of the pistol to his temple. His hand shook uncontrollably and he closed his eyes. Harlow! He whipped the gun away from his own head and fired, placing a bullet squarely between Johnson's eyes, ensuring that the outsider was truly dead. Masters lowered the smoking pistol, turned, and left. Timpson seated himself in the chair of the double-barrel 85mm gun turret and powered up all systems. He grabbed a pair of ear defenders and fitted them on his head, muffling the sounds about him. Are spotters ready? Timpson yelled over his calm. Yes, Jenny shouted back. We've got eyes on all debtors. Just keep firing. Will do, Timpson shouted back. He whirled his guns about and took aim on the approaching dead mechs. His target locked on the knee joints of the closest one. Let's take him out. He slowed his breathing, narrowed his eyes, and started firing. Matthew lowered Dr. Thermopolis to the ground behind the railer train. Get inside now! This is going to be rough! Matthew shouted. Be careful! Thermopolis yelled. Matthew laughed as he and Shiner clomped away. I think we're well beyond careful, Doc. Doc! Bisbee yelled from the train car. Get your ass in here! Jethro's gone bug-fuck nuts! What do you mean? Thermopolis cried. Get in here and see! He wants us to move him inside the stronghold, Bisbee answered. He wants to be taken to the mainframe. Thermopolis grabbed the handbar and pulled herself into the train car. Back to back or solo, 
Rachel called over the comm. Caprizi watched the Railer's gun rounds stream by, the many tracers lighting up the battlefield. Split up! Try to draw groups of them together so the Railers can concentrate their fire! Shiner Matthew ran past Caprizi and Rachel's mechs heading straight into the oncoming dead mechs. I'm on it! Rachel watched in awe as Shiner Matthew ducked two swipes of a dead mech's arm, fired a plasma blast point-blank into the deader's midsection, then spun about, clotheslining a second deader as it lunged for him. Holy shit! My man's got skills! Come on! The rookie shouted at Stomper. Let me up there so we can take these deaders out! No, I cannot, Stomper replied stubbornly. Masters would not like it. Fuck Masters! The rookie screamed. We're all going to be dead if we don't stop these fucking dead mechs! The stronghold self-destruct has been set. We will die anyway, Stomper responded. I must wait for Masters. Ah! The rookie cried, fists clenched in frustration. Don't make me come up there! You are funny, Stomper said. Masters likes you. The rookie stood stunned. Oh my god, you're like a fucking kid! Jethro, can you hear me? Thermopolis said, rushing to the mechanic's side in the train compartment. Jethro sat straight up in his cot, sweat pouring down his face, the veins of his neck bulging. Frame like a house! Frame like a house! Tiny little body, small as a mouse! He bellowed. Thermopolis grabbed Jethro by the shoulders and shook him slightly. Jethro, can you hear me? She whipped her head towards Bisbee, eyes filled with alarm. How long has he been like this? Just a couple minutes, Doc, Bisbee answered. He told me he needed to get to the mainframe. Jay, it's Thermopolis the doctor called over the comm. Little busy right now, Doc, Jay responded. Kinda fighting debtors and all. Bisbee said Jethro was lucid for a moment, that he wanted us to get him to the mainframe. What does that mean to you? Jay sidestepped a charging dead mech, planting his elbow on the monster's back as it passed, slamming it to the ground. Not a clue. You're the doctor. I'm just a... a mainframe? Fuck. Why didn't I think of that? Oh yeah, because I was occupied by civilization's impending doom! Yeah, meet me at the stronghold entrance. By the entrance? How the hell are we going to get him to the entrance? Thermopolis yelled. Leave it to me, Bisbee dashed from the compartment and out of the train. Slumped low as the battle waged about him, he scanned the area for the special ops team. Putting his fingers to his mouth, he blew an ear-splitting whistle. Specialist Sol whipped about as Bisbee waved at him, trying to get his attention. Sol autocarbined to his shoulder, firing short bursts, sidestepped his way to Bisbee. What? Sol shouted. We need your team! We need to get inside! Sol! Where the fuck are you going? Lieutenant Murphy yelled into her comm. Wounded mech pilot needs us to move their brain-fried mechanic into the stronghold. I'm going to check it out in convo with their doctor, the specialist shouted back. I'll assess the situation and report in five. Make that three. We need every gun we have out here. Roger that, sir. I'll be out quicker than Kafar comes. Hey, what the fuck did I do? Specialist Kafar protested. Nothing except be born, Sol joked. Less smartass and more kickass, Murphy yelled. Roger, the specialists responded.
Rookie, get your ass up here and take over my mech, Jay shouted over his loudspeaker. The rookie turned from Stomper as Jay walked his mech up to the stronghold entrance. What? You want me to pilot your mech? What the fuck are you going to do? Jay lowered his hand and the rookie stepped on. Something's going on with Jethro and I have a feeling he's going to need my mechanic's hands. The cockpit flipped open and Jay unstrapped as the rookie scrambled inside. Jay stuck his finger in the rookie's face. Break my mech and I'll fucking kill you. Rachel took a blow from a debtor and then another, spinning her mech about. She steadied herself, blocked a jab from one mech, blocked a kick from another, and brought up her 50 millimeter. Nothing. Fuck! I'm out of ammo! She yelled over the comm. Just keep fighting! Caprizi shouted, shoving his 50 millimeter into a debtor's cockpit, obliterating the zombie pilot instantly. The dead mech fell and Caprizi kicked the lifeless battle machine towards two onrushing debtors, tripping them both up. Use what you got, baby girl! Rachel took a brutal kick to the leg, but stayed upright. Okay, Papa Bear! Coming at the engine! A railer spotter shouted. Immediately, three gun turrets turned and opened fire on the dead mech. The monstrous machine shuddered under the onslaught, its knee joints giving out as hot lead shredded the hydraulics and struts. Once down, the guns focused on the cockpit, tearing the zombie pilot apart. Outstanding! Oh shit! Timson hollered, whipping his turret about and focusing his fire on two debtors rushing Rachel as she struggled to fend off three others at once. His shots went wide and he lost the window of opportunity as the debtors got too close to Rachel. Rachel is struggling, Shiner said as the mech ripped the arms off a dead mech and shoved one of the limbs into the cockpit, crushing the zombie pilot. Shall we assist? You fucking bet we shall, Matthew yelled. Shiner Matthew spun past an oncoming debtor, jumped another as its legs were taken out by railer fire, and full-on tackled a third as it stepped into Shiner Matthew's path. The mech pinned the debtor's arms down with its knees and put three plasma blasts squarely into the cockpit. Matthew gasped as he lost sight of Rachel's mech under an onslaught of debtors. You the doc? Specialist Soul asked, slinging his carbine as he entered the train compartment. Yeah. He's had major brain trauma and I need to get him inside the stronghold. Our chief mechanic is waiting for us there. Can your team help? Soul eyed Jethro as the mechanic chanted his mantra over and over. Your mechanic is waiting? But aren't you the doctor? Am I missing something here? He came around and said he needed to get to the mainframe, Bisbee responded. Somewhere in that mush brain of his is a plan. Our chief mechanic can get to that plan. Hey, Lieutenant, Saul called over the comm. Murphy hit the deck as a stray plasma bolt shot past her. What you got for me, Specialist? The doctor and the mech pilot think this wounded mechanic of theirs can help us shut down the mainframe and the self-destruct if we get him in the stronghold, sir. What do you think? The Lieutenant asked, her hands moving quickly as she directed her team. It's a long way from the train to the stronghold entrance with all these fucking mechs slamming about. I think it's worth a shot. Otherwise, we're all crispy critters. Shiner Matthew unloaded their 50 millimeters on anything that moved as the mech sprinted towards Rachel. Rachel, can you hear me? Yeah, my ears are fine, I just can't move, she responded over the comm. Good, stay that way. Do not fucking move. What? Don't move? I'm about to be ripped apart here. 
Shiner Matthew dove at the debtors piled onto Rachel's mech, shouldered two off while grabbing a third and using its momentum to flip about and toss the debtor out into the battlefield. Instantly, the other dead mechs shifted their focus onto Shiner Matthew. Bring it on, you dead fucks! Matthew roared. Jay stepped into the stronghold, his sidearm drawn. The entryway was a massive staging area, making the mech base's hangar look like a guest room. Holy shit, I could build a fucking planet in here, he whispered, still unsure who or what occupied the UDC base. He scanned the walls until he found what he was looking for. Holstering his pistol, Jay ran to the control panel and began to hack the security system. T-minus 20 minutes until nuclear detonation. Yeah, yeah, I know, Jay muttered, struggling against the stronghold's code. No need to fucking shout it. Bisbee stood outside the door as Specialist Kafar and Sol, using a blanket as a stretcher, carried the raving Jethro out of the small train compartment. This is going to fucking kill my back, Kafar complained. Grandaddy is setting up a real stretcher outside. We just have to get him off this train, Sol replied. Stop being such a fucking whiner. You need to get off my ass, Kafar said. You've been riding it all day. You need to show some fucking respect, Specialist, Sol barked. Everything may have gone to shit, but I'm still second in command here. The RPG sped towards the railer car, giving the occupants no time to evacuate. Timpson shielded his eyes from the blast and was instantly on the comm with Jenny. Fuck! Some of the deaders still have armaments. Scan the fuckers so we know which ones to target. And get that fire out before it spreads to the other cars. We're on it! Jenny responded. Fire suppression team is already deployed. Scanning debtors now. Give me a fucking target, Timpson yelled. Keep your goddamn britches on, Marin shouted back. It's hard to get a lock. They're all moving around so much. Son of a bitch, Jay yelled, slamming his fist against the stronghold control panel, frustrated as he was yet again shut out of the mainframe. Maybe I can at least get some light in here. The chief mechanic easily bypassed two subsystems, and the halogens in the ceiling of the stronghold staging area began to glow. Now we're talking. Oh my god? Jay turned about, his eyes fixed on the huge walls. What the fuck? All about him, the concrete walls were painted with murals, sketches, portraits, some as high as the staging area's ceiling itself. Jay could only stare. Masters stepped into the staging area, his head down, eyes on the floor. Masters! Jay cried. You're alive! Holy shit! Can you believe this place? Masters didn't answer. He just pushed past as the mechanic ran to greet him. Mitch! Come on, man! You okay? Jay said, blocking the pilot's path. Move, Jay, Masters said quietly. Don't make me hurt you. Jay looked at the pistol in Masters' hand and frowned. Seriously? What the fuck? You wouldn't... Jay crumpled immediately as the butt of the pistol connected with his forehead. Sorry about that. I warned you, Master said weakly. Shiner Matthew kicked out, blocking the debtor's attack. The mech lowered its right shoulder, coming in with a powerful uppercut, shearing the front of the dead mech's cockpit right off. Shiner Matthew moved in for the killing blow, but was tackled about the waist by another debtor and slammed hard into the earth, creating a 20-yard divot as the two machines slid. 
Shiner Matthew hooked its left elbow up under the dead mech's midsection for leverage and shoved, dislodging the abomination enough to give its right arm and plasma cannon a clear shot. Bye-bye, you fucking waste of metal, Matthew screamed. Fuck! Incoming! Specialist Grindetti yelled as he fired ineffectual shot after ineffectual shot at the charging dead mech, trying to buy the special ops team some time as they struggled to get Jethro's prone form to the stronghold. Hold it off! Murphy shouted, her attention diverted by another encroaching debtor that had seen the easy meals making their way across the battlefield. I'm trying, but the thing won't stop! Grindetti shouted back. It's gonna be right on us! The ground shook as a broken, smoking debtor husk slammed into the attacker. I got you covered, the rookie called from Jay's mech. Master stepped from the stronghold's entrance, his eyes never looking up at the battle that raged before him. Come on, Master said to Stomper. We're leaving. Shall we not help the others? Stomper asked. No, Master's answered flatly. Should I lift you to the cockpit? No, I'm walking, Masters responded, his gait never slowing. Stomper processed a moment. Is this because of the Harlow's death? Do you want to die also? I want to leave. Stomper took a giant step and another, keeping Masters positioned securely between his colossal feet, shielding the pilot from the shrapnel and ordnance flying about. Caprizi watched the hill stomper progress through the middle of the fray. Pilot Masters, do you read me? Caprizi called. You need to get into your cockpit and engage the hostiles immediately. That is a direct order. Caprizi waited but was answered by only silence. Pilot, do you read me? Still silence. God damn it, Mitch. What is your fucking malfunction? Leave me alone, Commander. It's all lost anyway. If you were smart, you'd cut your losses and go. Masters answered finally. That is not an option, pilot. Get in your fucking mech and do your job. Masters refused to respond. Rachel! Oh, Jesus Christ, Rachel! Matthew screamed, blasting the last mech off of her. Shiner, is she alive? Sensors show her vital signs are weak, Matthew. I am sorry, but I do not know if she will live much longer. Shiner answered somberly. Fuck! No! The ground shook and Shiner Matthew turned, ready to continue fighting, but stopped short at the sight of Stomper rumbling past. Mitch! Thank God! Help! I need to get Rachel out of her mech and into the stronghold! Pilot Masters is not in his mech. He is walking below, Shiner observed. Masters! Where are you going? Where the fuck is he going? The rookie shouted, grabbing a dead mech's arm, twisting it and slamming the monster to the ground as it reached for the special ops team. I don't know, Thermopolis answered over the comm. Masters? Masters, can you read me? He snapped, Doc, Bisbee said, his eyes focused on the retreating pilot and the mech towering above him. He's giving up. What? Can he do that? Isn't there some type of honor code or something about leaving your fellow pilots to die? Yeah, there is. But I don't think he gives a shit. Bisbee answered. The world exploded about Masters, but he didn't flinch. The cacophony of the railer's large caliber guns didn't phase him. The roars of the dead mechs, those with working loudspeakers, echoed through the air, but Masters thought nothing of them. In fact, 
thinking nothing was his only goal. Mitch Masters didn't want to think, or feel, or remember, or even be. He wanted to die, but no longer had the willpower to pull the trigger. To take his own life would be too much effort, would require he bring his awareness back to the pain, back to what he lost. The fucking hill stomper is blocking one of my shots, one of the railer gunners yelled. I can't see shit around that thing. Just keep shooting. If you hit the fucking giant, then you hit it. Don't let a crazy mech and its nut job pilot keep you from doing your fucking job, Timpson shouted back. Just keep fucking shooting. Another train car exploded and the concussion nearly knocked Timpson from his seat. The world flashed and spun, his ears ringing. The once deafening battle now reduced to muffled sounds like his ears were filled with foam. Status report, he cried shakily. Jay forced himself to his feet and stumbled to the special ops team as they entered the stronghold. Jay, Thermopolis cried, rushing from Jethro's side to the chief mechanics. Jesus, you're pouring blood. What happened? Fucking masters cold cocked me. That's what fucking happened, Jay growled. I'm gonna kick his fucking ass next time I see him. Good luck. Bisbee snorted. The crazy asshole's walking up the middle of hell right now. You'll be lucky if he has an ass left to kick. Jay turned his attention to Jethro. Let's get him in the mainframe. Follow me, Murphy said. Caprizi, we can't take much more of this, Timpson yelled as he fired point blank into a dead mech's cockpit as the thing hungrily reached for him. The machine stopped, lurched and fell, its outstretched arm missing Timpson by feet but crushing part of the train car he was positioned on. My people and my train are getting cut apart. We can't last much longer. Caprizi swept the legs of an attacking dead mech, then leapt, bringing the full weight of his mech down on the debtor's cockpit, crushing the zombie inside. We have no choice. I'm losing people too. We've got to get her out of here. Matthew cried, grabbing onto Rachel's mech's legs, trying to pull the machine out of the middle of the fray. There is nowhere to go, Shiner responded. The stronghold has T-11 minutes until detonation. We can attempt to run, but not while burdened with the weight of another mech. Rachel is not a fucking burden, Matthew screamed. We have to do something. Shiner took control, sending four plasma blasts towards an oncoming dead mech, knocking the thing to the ground. All we can do is fight. Fight until we die. What the fuck are these wall paintings? Bisbee asked as the special ops team made its way down the long concrete tunnel towards the mainframe control room. Murphy chuckled lightly, then seeing Bisbee's scowl stopped. Sorry, I forget that only UDC descendants, special ops, and intelligence personnel are allowed in the stronghold. UDC descendants? What the hell are you talking about? Jay asked. Who do you think maintained this facility during all the years the wasteland was completely uninhabitable, Specialist Soul said. People have lived here, families have lived here, for hundreds of years. Or they did, Murphy said solemnly. The rookie stood at the entrance to the stronghold, trying to figure out his next move. T-minus ten minutes until nuclear detonation, the voice boomed behind him. Get your fucking ass in gear, rookie! Caprizi's voice boomed equally as loud over the comm. Jay didn't give you that mech so you can stand around with your dick in your hand. Someone told me you know how to kick ass. Now fucking do it, pilot. The rookie smiled at the word pilot. Yes, sir, 
He cracked his neck, flexed his mech's fists, then charged headlong into the middle of hell. Timpson watched in horror as three dead mechs attacked his train at once, ripping one of the cars, screaming gunner and all, right off the tracks, sending a shudder through the entire train. God damn it! Somebody shoot those fucking things! Timpson yelled, whipping his turret about. A massive mech hand reached out and grabbed his gun barrels, instantly twisting the metal. Oh shit! Timpson dove from his seat, rolling off the top of the train car and landing hard on the ground, feet below. Jenny! Immediate evac now! He grunted. Where to? Jenny shouted back. I don't know. Just run! The mainframe control room door slid open and the special ops team hurried inside, setting Jethro carefully down on the floor. Frame like a house. Frame like a house. Tiny little body. Small as a mouse. Jethro repeated over and over. Does he ever fucking shut up? Kafar complained. Jay and Bisbee each moved towards the specialist, but Thermopolis held up her hand. Cool it, boys. We need to figure out what he wants. Thermopolis leaned close to Jethro. Jethro, honey? Can you hear me? We're in the mainframe room. Now what? Jethro's eyes fixed on hers. Jack me up! Jack him up? Bisbee asked. The fuck does that mean? And can someone shut these fucking emergency lights off? They're giving me a goddamn headache. I got the lights, Specialist Grandetti said, moving to a control panel on the wall. Jay stood before Johnson's emaciated corpse, reclined in the cerebral integration chair. Thermopolis came up behind him and grimaced. He must have been in that chair for quite a while after those feeding tubes ran dry. She stepped past Jay and inspected the equipment. We can keep Jethro's body alive indefinitely with this setup, but... What about his mind? What do you know about the mainframe's AI? Jay asked Murphy. The lieutenant furrowed her brow. I don't know what you mean. Did it interact with base personnel? Did it have a personality of its own? Have there ever been any major issues you know about? Shit like that. No issues and it never interacted, Lieutenant Murphy answered. Good, that means the AI is passive and won't resist when I plug Jethro in. Jay said. Actually, there is one thing, Sol cautioned. It's a permanent job. Once you are hooked up, you can't unhook. Hence the life support setup. Jay looked at his protege and friend. I don't think Jethro has much choice, and neither do we. Thermopolis unhooked the tubes and lines from Johnson's corpse and grabbed her bag, yanking out gauze and antiseptic. You aren't hooking him into shit until I get these cleaned off. T-minus five minutes until nuclear detonation. Somebody help her clean that shit, Murphy ordered. Sol, Grandetti, and Kafar each took a hose and cleaned furiously. Can he cancel the self-destruct? Murphy asked Jay. Yes, I know he can, Jay answered. What I don't know is how long the integration process takes. The rookie stood encircled by dead mechs. Six of the monstrosities surrounded him, and the rookie waited for the first to move. When it finally did, an ancient battle mech, probably first generation, the rookie was ready. In a flash, he had studied each dead mech down to the tiniest detail, just as he did back in the fight cage. He knew his opponent's weaknesses, and he meant to exploit them. 
The dead mech rushed him and he knelt his mech down, striking a blow directly on the oncoming mech's left knee, shattering the structure and crippling the debtor instantly. Dead mech after dead mech after dead mech tried to get at the meat walking between Stomper's legs, and dead mech after dead mech after dead mech was crushed, ground into the dirt like a tin can. Masters barely noticed. In fact, he was disappointed that he had such an effective bodyguard. He would have welcomed death at any point, knowing he was too much of a coward to take his own life. His lip curled in a sneer as thoughts of self-loathing overtook him. He walked from the battlefield, his giant in tow, and never glanced back once. We are out of ammunition, Shiner stated as the plasma cannon refused to discharge. We are left to fend off dead ones with our bare hands. Matthew looked down at Rachel's mech and the woman he loved lying unconscious inside the cockpit. I'm prepared for that. A deader roared behind them and Shiner Matthew whirled about, landing a kick to the dead mech's chest, denting the cockpit structure. The deader stumbled back but recovered quickly, diving at Shiner Matthew's legs. Shiner Matthew brought its right fist down, timing the blow perfectly, smashing the deader deep into the dirt. Shiner Matthew struck again and again. Timpson stared in horror as he watched his people snatched up by the ravenous dead mechs. Most of the mechanical beasts not even pausing to open their cockpit hatches, just stuffing the screaming victims through broken windshields and bent supports and into the waiting, starving jaws of the zombie pilots within. What have I done? I shouldn't have brought them here, he whispered, falling to his knees. Dad, what are you doing? Jenny cried, running to Timpson's side. It's all my fault. Timpson said weakly. Marin came up beside Jenny. What the fuck? Marin slapped Timpson hard across the face. The rookie drove his right leg out like a piston, crushing the knee joints of the three closest debtors. He felt his mech shudder as a dead mech grabbed him from behind. He reached up over his shoulder, snagging the debtor by its back support struts and yanked hard, tossing the dead mech over him and into the others. He reached out, ripping a debtor's arm out of its coupling and stood, brandishing the massive metal limb like a club. You may not have faces, but when I kill you all, I'm wearing something of yours. The rookie grinned viciously. Are you sure this isn't going to just kill him? Bisbee asked as Thermopolis attached the last of the life support hoses to Jethro's body. No, Biz, I'm not sure. Thermopolis barked. Look around you. Does anyone look fucking sure of anything? Damn, I'm just concerned for Jethro. I mean, you think I'm not concerned? Thermopolis shouted. Why don't you go sit your one-armed ass over there and get the fuck out of my way? Bisbee scowled, but didn't protest. Ready, Jay? Thermopolis shouted. Jay tried to hide his amusement at Bisbee's dressing down. Yep. Then push the fucking button. Jethro's body shuddered and convulsed as the cerebral integration systems activated. The vid screens flashed hundreds of images a second, making most of the special ops team turn their eyes away. Fuck, that's worse than the emergency lights, Bisbee complained. Jethro's eyes bulged and rolled back up into his head. Jethro? Thermopolis cried. What's wrong? He's not connecting, is he? Jay closed his eyes. Fuck, I didn't think of this. Jay opened his eyes and looked at everyone. He doesn't have a Reaper chip anymore. The chief mechanic glanced at Johnson's corpse. But I know where I can get one.
There is a transport approaching, Stomper stated. Yeah, so fucking what? Masters replied, not bothering to glance up and out into the wasteland. Maybe it will run over me. It is a familiar one, Stomper said. I recognize the transport's signature. Good for you, Masters responded. I'll be sure to get you a gold star at some point. Masters clapped his hands together exaggeratingly, the metal of his pistol slapping against his palm. Yay for Stomper! He's so smart! The giant mech stopped. You have become aggressive and mean. I do not know if I want to go with you. T-minus two minutes until nuclear detonation. We aren't going to make it, Thermopolis cried as Sol and Kafar held Jethro upright while she prepped the back of his head for the Reaper chip insertion. Bullshit, Jay scolded, holding up the Reaper chip he had just removed from Johnson's corpse. We'll make it. Here. Jay handed the chip over to Specialist Grindetti, who carefully cleaned and prepped it before handing it to Thermopolis. T-minus one minute until nuclear detonation. Can someone turn that off? Thermopolis yelled, hands shaking as she took the Reaper chip. No, sorry, Sol apologized. T-minus 30 seconds until nuclear detonation, the voice echoed across the battlefield. Jay? Jay! What's your status? Jay! Caprizi shouted over the comm. Jay, come in, goddammit! T-minus 25 seconds until nuclear detonation. Shiner says there is a change in the Stronghold's mainframe AI, Matthew said, lifting a dead mech up over his head and slamming it into the ground. T-minus 20 seconds until nuclear detonation. Shiner Matthew jumped up and down on the debtor until it stopped struggling. Yeah, stay down, bitch! T-minus 15 seconds until nuclear detonation. Hey, Commander? Yes, Matthew? Thanks for everything. T-minus 10 seconds until nuclear detonation. No pressure, Doc, Jay said nervously. All the time in the world. Thermopolis ignored him and focused on the last suture. There, done. Sol and Kafar eased Jethro back and Jay started the cerebral integration process again. T-minus 5 seconds until nuclear detonation. Okay, Jethro. Don't fail us, buddy. You can do this, Jay whispered. T-minus four seconds until nuclear detonation. Come on, you techie pain in the ass, Bisbee said. T-minus three seconds until nuclear detonation. Please work, please work, Thermopolis repeated. T-minus two seconds until nuclear detonation. T-minus one second until nuclear detonation. Caprizi closed his eyes, said a quick prayer, and waited for the blast that he would never even feel. Nothing. Um, sir? Are we dead? Matthew asked. No, pilot, we aren't, Caprizi responded. The stronghold's gun turrets whirred to life, targeting the dead mechs left on the battlefield. Large caliber rounds flew through the air, shearing metal from deader frames, obliterating their cockpits. What the fuck? Caprizi cried. Howdy, everyone! Jethro's voice echoed from the stronghold. How's it going? Miss me? Motherfucking yeah! Matthew yelled. Welcome back, you son of a bitch! Don't cheer me yet, Jethro said. I've got some bad news. Caprizi sighed. Of course you do. 
Now that I'm master of the wasteland, lord of the stronghold, I have access to some really, really cool tech. Get on with it, Jethro, Caprizi ordered impatiently. What is the bad news? We've got another 38 dead mechs coming from all sides, Jethro announced apologetically. First few will be here in ten minutes. Of course they will, Caprizi said. Have any good news? Funny you should ask. If you get your mech buttons inside, I can reload your armaments in eight minutes. How's he holding up? Jay asked, crowding next to Thermopolis as the doctor checked Jethro's life support equipment. Thermopolis elbowed Jay out of the way. Do you mind, Mr. Rind? A little space, please. Sorry, Doc, Jay apologized. So? I'm fine, Jay, Jethro's voice boomed. And really fucking loud, Bisbee shouted. Sorry about that. This better? Yeah, that's perfect, mechanic, Jay said, glaring at Bisbee. What? Bisbee asked innocently. How do you feel, Jethro? The doctor asked. Oh, Doc, you won't believe what I'm plugged into, Jethro exclaimed. The medical knowledge alone will blow you away. Um, so are we safe? Specialist Grandetti asked. Stomper stood still, refusing to take another step. What? So you're just going to stand there forever and pout? Move! Masters ordered, continuing to walk further into the wasteland. No, Stomper responded. You are not the nice Masters. You are not the Masters that loves the Harlow, and I am going to tell her so when she gets here. Masters stopped. What did you just say? He asked, his voice low and menacing. Stomper pointed towards the transport that was skidding to a halt in front of them. Masters watched as the ramp lowered and a gore-smeared Harlow exited. The rookie ripped off the dead mech's cockpit and snatched the squirming, raging zombie pilot out, bringing the zombie up close to his own cockpit as he squeezed the deader into a pulp. Rookie, regroup in the stronghold staging area, right now, Caprizi ordered over the comm. The rookie grinned as the gore squished through his mech's giant fist. Rookie, do you fucking hear me? Caprizi marched his mech directly in front of the rookies. We are on a schedule here. Get your ass inside. The rookie slowly turned his attention to focus on the commander. I'm good right here. I need help with Rachel, Matthew called. Caprizi backed his mech away but kept eye contact with the rookie. I'll deal with you in a minute. You unlocked this beast, Commander, the rookie said. Don't get mad at me because it ain't so easy to put back in its cage. Caprizi stalked off and turned his attention to his daughter's mech. Sweet Jesus, baby girl. I can't get out to check on her, Matthew cried. Doctor, Caprizi yelled over the comm. If Jethro can spare you, I need you out here now. Rachel's down. Caprizi unstrapped and descended his mech. Masters watched the deader-skin-clad Harlow step from the transport. He lifted his pistol, hoping he had the strength to do what needed to be done, to kill his undead love. Are you fucking shitting me, pilot? Harlow said. You once told me I could be covered in pus and open sores and I'd still be fuckable. Are you taking that back? Masters blinked several times. Stomper? Did you hear that? I've been trying to tell you, Stomper replied. The Harlow is alive. Masters dropped his sidearm and fell to his knees, his body racked with sobs.
Harlow knelt by Masters and lifted his chin. Are you Mitch motherfucking Masters, or are you Mitch crybaby Masters? Masters broke into a smile and hugged Harlow fiercely, attacking her face with kisses. Fuck, you taste awful, he cried, spitting into the wasteland dirt. I don't smell so hot either, Harlow smiled, helping Masters to his feet. Fuck if I care, he responded, kissing her passionately. Stomper, turn around. Mommy and Daddy are gonna get nasty. But the others, Stomper asked. Harlow eyed Masters carefully. What'd I miss? Masters sighed. Yeah, I, I kind of freaked out and bailed. You what? You have been listening to Jake Bible's Dead Mech, the world's first Drabble novel. The preceding episode was recorded and produced by the author. The intro music was Miles and Miles by Lake Acres. Outro music is Destroy by The Eternal. Both tracks available at podsafeaudio.com. Title graphic by Ed Delaney. Find him at peculiarcomics.com. This recording is protected by a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works United States 3.0 license. You can share it, copy it, and give it to anyone you want. Just don't edit it, change it, or try to make any money off it without direct permission from the author. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of the re-release of the original podcast of Dead Mech. Don't want to wait until next week for a new episode? Go subscribe at jakebible.substack.com and you'll get access to all episodes right now. Or you can go to my website or any major retailer and get the audiobook narrated by Julie Hoverson. You can also get the ebook, which is free on all major retailer sites, as well as my own store. Go to jakebible.com for more info. Thanks, y'all. Cheers.